Welcome to New Catholic Church. You're listening to this week's sermon by Pastor Daryl Finchley. If you have your Bibles, let me invite you to turn to John chapter 16. John chapter 16. And uh, Pastor Chris finished a, a series that he was doing out of these these chapters, John chapter 13 through John 18, where Jesus is giving the upper room discourse. And then he invited me to share with you out of this same passage concerning the Holy Spirit, the helper that Jesus taught us about. And so that's what we want to do. How many of you ever heard those good news, bad news things, right? Well, I have good news and I have bad news. Well, which do you want first? So some people want the bad news, some people want the good news. There's a story told of a, of a train engineer that had a passenger train. He was going across the country. They had two engines pulling the train. And as they were going along, one of the engines completely quit. He said, that's okay, you know, we've still got half the power. We can get there. It'll just take us a little longer. And so they'd gone a few more miles, and then the other engine quit. Well, now the train just completely just began to slow down, slow down, slow down until it came to a stop. Well, all the passengers were wondering what was going on. And the engineer got onto the, the uh, sound system or the speaker system, the intercom system through the cars. And he told them, he said, I've got good, bad news and good news. Bad news is that the, the engines have quit and we're going to be on these tracks for a little while. There'll be somebody we've already called in. They'll be coming to get us, but there'll be a time of waiting. And everybody waited. But he said, and the good news is you wasn't on an airplane. <laughs> good news, bad news. Sometimes, you know, you say, well, you know, give me the, the bad news sometimes covers the good news, right? Well, this morning I want to share with you kind of one of those bad news, good news things because in John chapter uh, 16, we have Jesus in the upper room with His disciples. He's preparing them for His death and departure. Bad news is that is Jesus was leaving. And, and I'll tell you, the bad news was that it's hot. There couldn't be any worse news to the disciples than Jesus telling them, I'm going away. I'm going away. And the reason that was, you know, not only was it just bad news, they're confused, they don't understand. I mean, they had their ideas of what's going to be taking place. They're distressed. Actually, they're in a panic. Because here's what you've got to understand. Jesus was everything to them. They had left everything. There wasn't that much they could go back to because they had left everything to walk with Jesus. You see, they had an idea of a kingdom that was coming. They had an idea that the Messiah had come. They, this whole idea is that Jesus was going to establish something if what they had been waiting for was going to come to pass. And now Jesus is telling them He's leaving. He's no longer going to be with them. You see... In a sense, they had nothing left in the world but Jesus. His presence is what kept them together. It's what gave them purpose, what gave them direction. It's what gave them cohesion. I mean, apart from Jesus, they were a motley group. In fact, you take Jesus out of the picture and all you have was a band of ignorant fishermen. You would think that it couldn't get any worse than that, right? It can. John chapter 16, verse 1. 
These things are out. Let's look at verse 2. They will put you out of the synagogues. Yes, the time is coming that whoever kills you will think that he offers God a service. And these things they will do to you because they've not known the Father nor me. But these things I've told you that when the time comes, you'll remember that I told you of them. And these things I did not say to you at the beginning because I was with you. I can hear the disciples, yeah, if you'd have told us this was going to happen at the beginning, we'd have stayed home. You've got to realize what Jesus is saying to them. They're going to kill you. They're going to kick you out and kill you. And when they kill you, they're going to think they're doing God a service. Well, what's the good news? Verse 5. Now I go away to him who sent me. And none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I've said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Did you see the good news? It's to your advantage that I go away. I can almost hear Peter saying, Would you say that one more time? How is it you leaving is to my advantage? How is it? Advantage? What advantage? What could be better than having Jesus, the Son of the living God, God in the flesh, with you? Have you ever thought about that? You see, there's a lot of time of our life, and I'm, I don't know about you, but there's been times when I said, Jesus, if you would just show up, this would really help. God, I don't understand what's going on. If you would just speak up. You know, if you'd just come, you know, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Have you ever been in one of those situations? Come quickly. Get me out of this. Here's the point I want you to hear. Many of us think if we had Jesus with us, we would be advantaged. If we had Jesus walking beside us, if we could hear what He had to say, if we could really see what He could do, if He would just show up, and what we're saying, and show off, then things would be better. And Jesus is telling them, it's to your advantage that I go away. It's to your advantage that I'm not present with you. It's to your advantage that I'm not standing there. It's to your advantage. You see, I want to ask you a question. Would you rather have Jesus with you in the flesh and blood or the Holy Spirit within you? Now, if we're religious, we'll say, oh, I want the Holy Spirit. But let's just, be, let's just not be religious this morning, okay? Let's just be... Re- if, you know, I got an idea. If I could just stand behind Jesus... If I could just follow in His footsteps, if I could just be there to see what He could do, if I would just be a part, you know, if I could just be a part, and it shows you how little we understand of the Holy Spirit. Because, let's just be honest, most of us want to live our Christian life with our emotions, with our feelings, with our understanding, You see, if Jesus would just show me, I'd do it. If Jesus would just tell me, I would run. If Jesus was just here, I'd be okay. 
most of us don't understand the advantage that you and I have in 2019. That's what I want to talk to you this morning about. The advantage. Your divine advantage. The very, and I want to say, I'm going to overstate it because I want you to understand what Jesus is saying. This is not Daryl's preaching. This is Jesus saying it. Jesus said, it's better for you. It's expedient. It's good. It's going to be the best thing that ever happened to you that I go away. Can you imagine what they were thinking? I don't have a clue what you're talking about, Jesus. The very thing you long for, the Helper comes to provide, to produce, and perform in you. So I want to use some words this morning that all begin with an R to tell you about the work of the Holy Spirit. Now, I had fun in the first service, so I may have preached it all out. But, but hopefully God, I'm trusting, the, I'm trusting my advantage this morning, okay? The very thing you long for, the Holy Spirit has come to provide, produce, and perform. The life you've always dreamed of is yours. I'm telling you, it's to your advantage. So let me tell you what the Holy Spirit does. And most of us, we don't understand it. You see, we know what Jesus did on the cross for us. We know that the work has been finished. But I want to tell you something. I've got news for you. Good, 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 good news. You have an advantage that everyone before Jesus didn't have. We're going to talk about it. Three words. First word, regeneration. Regeneration. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Have you ever been sent somewhere? Son, go there. Do that. Well, that send is, is, is kind of a command. It's a, it's a command of, of giving you instruction and direction. This word send here is not that. This word send means to thrust or uh, insert into someone something. If I go away, I'm going to thrust and insert into you the helper. The word send here is not the idea that I'm just going to give you, uh, uh, just going to give you instruction and direction. I'm going to give you someone who is going to do certain things. And here's the point that I want to see the first thing about regeneration. You are going to have his presence inserted into you into yours. You're going to be born of the Spirit. He told this, Jesus told this to Nicodemus in John 3, 5 and 6. He says, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. What I want you to see is this was God's plan all along. This was in His timing. It was in His perfect purpose. God has planned it, purposed it, and performed it, and you're the beneficiaries of it. Look at verse 6. That which is born of the flesh is, and I'm going to put another word in here, just flesh. And that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. It doesn't say receives a spirit. It says is spirit. 
There is something that takes place when you trust Christ. You are born from above. You're made alive spiritually by the very Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. It is a divine work of recreation. The very presence of divine life, the Holy Spirit, comes, is sent, is inserted into you to make you alive. Ephesians 2, 1, the old King James says, and you were quickened. In other words, made alive. When you say yes to Jesus and acknowledge what he's done for you and done for, for our sin, acknowledge him as Lord, you are transformed inside. You are regenerated. The word literally means regenesis. You are recreated. Whether you realize it or not, the moment you believed, you received, you were recreated a new creation. The old was gone and the new had come. Life had come. Where there had been death in sin, life had come. You were made alive to God by His very presence in you. You became spiritually alive by the Holy Spirit. That divine work changed everything in you. Titus 3, 5, and 6 says it this way. He saved us not on the basis of deeds which we have done of righteousness, but according to His mercy by the washing of regeneration, there's that word, and renewing by the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out upon us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior. What happened when the Holy Spirit came? He put you in Christ and he applied, he put you in Christ. And, and the best way I know to say this, that when, when God, it's, it's a divine work. It is not something that you can figure out with your stupidity. Okay? It's a divine work. That when the Spirit, when He came into you and made you alive, it's as if, because it's true, that He put you in Christ and Christ came to be you and in you. And what, it is confusing words. Father in me, me and the Father, Spirit in me, the Spirit in the Father, you are in me, you know, and you think, well, how does that work? When the Spirit made you alive to God, it was like you lost history and entered eternity. Everything Jesus was, everything Jesus did, his death, his burial, his resurrection now becomes accounted to you. It's as if you were there when it happened 2,000 years ago. He applied it to you. And, and see, those words just take away from it. Those words literally limit our understanding of it. In fact, you don't even understand it apart from the Spirit. But it's truth because Jesus is saying it. You have been brought into that place because Jesus went away. And when he went away, he inserted the Holy Spirit into those who would believe in him. And literally what Jesus accomplished was applied. It's, it's as real as if you were there and it happened to you. Because he's made you a new creation. He's made a new genesis in your life. You are something you've never been before. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this means that anyone who belongs to Christ, who is in Christ, has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Thank you. Most of us don't believe that. Here's what we believe. Jesus died on the cross 2,000 years ago to forgive sin. I ask him for forgiveness and he forgives me. 
But boy, I better be good now. And I've got to try my best. I've got to stop all that stuff. I've got to be better next time. Folks, listen to me. You have a divine advantage from everybody before Jesus. Jesus has literally not only forgiven you, He's come to be in you in the ministry of the Holy Spirit to direct you and to show you and empower you to live the life He intends you to live. Regeneration. That's the first word. Second word. What is that game you play? Two words. Second word. Revelation. Jesus, look at verse 13. When he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will speak, he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. Does that sound like somebody else? Jesus only said what he heard the Father saying, and he only did what he saw the Father doing. Whatever the Holy Spirit hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it unto you. Verse 14 in the Amplified says, He will honor and glorify me because he will take what is mine, he will take of, receive, draw upon what is mine, and reveal, declare, disclose, and transmit it to you. The ministry of the Holy Spirit is to bring to light, to reveal, to make real Jesus Christ. Now you've got to get this because I don't think we understand that. Here's what we understand. You know, if Jesus was here, wouldn't you like to just walk with him and hear what he was saying? And hear his teachings? You see, there's a lot that Jesus said that's not in the book. Because he was with them and he walked with them. And you know, and Christendom just got back to where all he walked. Can you imagine? You know, we have these times when, when he sat down and taught them. But you know, he walked with them. He walked with them. And so you know he's talking and teaching. You know he's saying all these. Man, we missed out. Because we not we didn't get to get in on those conversations. There's just certain parts of it that's recorded, and it's it, they're, they're telling the story, and it's inspired, and it's true. But man, wouldn't you like to know what they left out? Here's what I want you to know: they walked with him and didn't get it. They heard it all and didn't get it. How many times do you hear Jesus saying, "How long am I going to be with you"? He feeds 5,000, he starts talking about leaven, and they think they forgot bread. They don't get it. They didn't have a clue. Now, here's the funny thing. We think we would. We think if I walked with Jesus, and I could hear what he was saying, man, it would just go bloom. Because, you know, I'm so smart. I'm so able. He's lucky to have me. You know, if Jesus was walking to me and he told me, I would have done it. If Jesus was... You see, here's the thing that we totally miss the advantage we have over the disciples that walked with Jesus for three years. For three years they walked with Jesus and didn't know him. For three years they walked with Jesus and didn't understand him. For three years and now he's going away and they can't imagine life without him. And Jesus is saying, you're not understanding the advantage I'm about to give you. The advantage is you're going to be more alive to me than you've ever been. 
The advantage is you're going to understand more of what God is doing. You're going to, he's going to bring to remembrance the things I And how many times do we read in the Scripture? Oh, this is what Jesus meant. He meant that this was, the Spirit's going to be given because he had not yet been given because he's not yet been glorified. You know, talking about water. There will be rivers of water rising up with you. And then they put in parentheses, this Jesus, this is what he meant. He meant about the Holy Spirit that was good to come, but he hadn't come because he had not been glorified. He had not left yet. They understood it after he left. Their advantage was the same as ours. We get revelation. It's the unfolding that God now, listen to me, you have inside information that Moses would have loved to have heard. And understood. You have an advantage. Regeneration. Revelation. The Holy Spirit illuminates the Scripture. Scriptures God breathes. Second Peter one twenty says, But you but know this first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture is a matter of his of one's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever made by any human by act, by, by an act of human will. But men moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. The Holy Spirit takes the Word of God and illumines it to show us Christ, His glory and His grace. Yeah, but preacher, doesn't the Scripture say the letter kills? <laughs> yeah, the letter without the Spirit kills. But under the illumination of the Holy Spirit, the words become spirit and life. By the Spirit, the Old Testament becomes full of Jesus. The New Testament becomes the glory of the completed work of Christ. It's amazing to me. I've been studying this book for a long time. The Holy Spirit can take a word on the page that I'd read a thousand times before and make it life in my heart and mind and revelation. When I was born again at nine years old, I got everything I needed to be everything I was ever going to be. I've spent the rest of my life and I will spend the rest of my life discovering what I got. And it's the Holy Spirit that opens it up. And here's the neat, here's the neat thing. He knows exactly the right time to do it. You do know if God showed you everything, you would have stayed home. You would have never stepped out on that booger. Because, and yet, what you didn't know is that God was going to be with you and would have prepared you and got you to that place for the time that he got you to, to do what he was planning on doing. You see, he never leaves you an orphan. He sends you a a prayer person who was the same kind as him. If you think you love Jesus that much, let me tell you, the Holy Spirit is the same one. It's just like him. 1 Corinthians 2, we use this verse a lot. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 9, see if you don't recognize it. But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard nor ever entered the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. Ever heard that? You know, we use that time to encourage somebody going through trouble. Well, you know, I know it's, it looks bad now, but you know, eyes not seen nor ear heard nor ever entered the heart of man what God's prepared for you that love him. Eyes not heard, ears never. 
I mean, eyes not seen, ears never heard. You know, you're in good hands with all state. <laughs> That's kind of how we're using it. Eyes not heard, ear, eyes not seen, ears not heard. Never entered the heart of man. Have you, have you read the next verse? But God has revealed them to us through His Spirit. Eyes not seen, ears not heard, nor has entered in the heart of man by the things that which God has prepared for those. But God has revealed them to us by His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. Now look at verse 12. Now, say that with me. Now. We have received, not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Now, this is important for next week's sermon. I'm just going to give you a hint. I got a fresh revelation of how God is going to convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and judgment. But you're going to have to come back next Sunday to get it. I'm so excited because I want you to know it is it is this that we have received it's the spirit of the the spirit of God who is from God that we might know the things that have been given freely to us by God we have it we have an adva- you are advantage you have an ad- you have an advantage now we have received not the spirit of the world the Spirit is from God, that He would show us the things that have been given to us freely. But He would show us the things to come. Let's, let me tell you something. There oughtn't to be anything in this world that should surprise us if we're really walking by the Spirit. Because He's going to be revealing. What we want Him to do is tell us so we can have an opinion. Right? Well, I just want him to lead me. No, you don't. You want him to tell you so you'll have a choice whether you follow or not. Well, if he would just make it plain. Hey, he could write it on your forehead and you could look in the mirror and some of you wouldn't do it. Why? Because what we want is we want the Spirit to come make our will be done in earth as it is in heaven. (laughs) Our heaven. I'm telling you, you have the life you've always dreamed of available to you by the power of the Holy Spirit, and you're choosing such a lesser life. Well, there's one more word. We got regeneration, we got revelation. The third word's relationship. It's the Holy Spirit that makes real and personal a personal relationship to the Father through Jesus Christ. Romans 8.14 For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself, not it, The Spirit Himself bears witness. He testifies. 
He's the one who makes it real. He's the one who gives witness to it with your spirit that you are a child of God. We are children of God. And if children, now here it doesn't just stop there. In other words, it's good to be born again. It's good to know your name's written in the book of life. But I want to tell you something. It gets better than that. You have an advantage. You're an heir. You're part of a family, the family of God. You're part of a kingdom, the kingdom of God. And you're an heir and a joint heir, an equal heir with the other son whose name is Jesus Christ. I better read the scripture. (laughs) And if children then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if we suffer with him... We'll also be glorified together. If they kill you thinking they're doing God a service, you're going to be with me. It's to your advantage. How many of us say, oh, if only I didn't have to suffer as a Christian. Give me a break. You have the blessings beyond measure. You've been... By the sovereignty of God, you've been born in this nation. You've been brought up with this revelation. And you're going to be whining? There's a lot of people who long to see what you have seen. To experience what you've experienced. You become part of a family, a bigger thing, a living. You have a living union. Literally, if you understood what Scripture, what Jesus is saying, because He says it, He said, uh, the Father's going to come, and, and I'm going to come, and we're going to make our home with you, and the Spirit's going to be there. I mean, you literally have the Godhead. We, is worship, in worship this morning, I was sitting there thinking, you know, how many times we think, oh God, if you'd just come down. If you'd, folks, He's here. He's here. He's not just around us. He's under us. He's over us. He's he's inside us wanting out to express Himself for who He is. We are the body of Christ in this earth. Oh, Jesus, come. Jesus, come. And He's saying, I'm here. I'm here. Jesus, if you just show up, then you stand up. Because where I'm going to show up is where I am. It's in you. You have the advantage. You keep stepping back. I'm trying to get you to step forward. I want you to know who you are. I want you to know what you got. I want you to know you're a joint heir. You, everything, John 14, 12. Everything you've seen me to do, you can do also. I'm with you. I'm in you. You're in me. You have an advantage. Second Peter 1, 3. By His divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. You can just stop right there. By His divine power, which is His presence, His person, God has given us everything, 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 yeah, that thing that you're looking for, everything we need for living a godly life. We've received all of this by coming to know Him. 
The one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he's given us great and precious promises. And these are the promises that enable you, that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. You're at advantage. You've got an incredible advantage. Connie and I like to watch Survivor. Anybody like to watch Survivor? Survivors are on this island right now. And they're, you know, and they're trying, they're not, they're having to go through these contests and stuff like that. And so they're always looking for a hidden idol. Isn't that amazing what I just said? They're always looking for a hidden idol that would give them an advantage in the game. There's no idol God has for you to give you an advantage. You've already got it. You're not a survivor. You're an overwhelming conqueror. John 16, 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I'll send him to you. Jesus wasn't just speaking to his disciples that day. He was speaking to you and I. It's to your advantage. It's better for Jesus to be absent so that the helper, the Holy Spirit, would be in you. I read a statement and God gave me a picture and I got so excited I had to go tell Amanda Thomas, our children's director, about it. Not sure she got it, but it didn't matter. I just need to tell somebody. Here's the statement The incarnation of Jesus was for us a limitation, the resurrection and ascension of Jesus became an expansion. I thought, what? You stop me. When Jesus was on earth, he was limited to time and limited to place. Had he not left, he was limited time. He was in a man's body. He was going to age just like he had. He, everything. His teaching would have still not been understood. Even if he had gone to the cross at an old age, it wouldn't have benefited us like what happened. It was a limitation. And Jesus knew it. We didn't know it. You know, for most of us, if we could just walk with Jesus, that'd be enough. Listen to me. You've got it so much better than that. Jesus can walk through you by His presence and Spirit. And all of a sudden, I got the picture of Jesus teaching. And it's in John 12, 24. Look, you'll recognize it. Jesus said, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies... It remains or abides alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. As long as Jesus was here, he was limited. He died and rose, sent the Holy Spirit, the same kind as him, and filled all who believed with his resurrection life. And he's still doing it. Literally, the one grain that was planted in the earth over 2,000 years ago rose, sprouted, ascended, and bloomed. And you're part of the blooming. It 
it's going on and on. I get chill bumps just thinking about being a part of something that's still spreading. And we think we got a problem. Oh, the church has just got a problem. No, we got an opportunity. The Holy Spirit, we have the advantage. The world ought to just step up and take notice because we're fixing to take over. The glory of the Lord. This is how they're going to know that, they, that God sent Him because they're going to look at us. You say, oh no, oh yes. If you'll just get a glimpse of your advantage and start walking forward instead of stepping backwards, you're going to discover what God can do. It's to your advantage. You're closer to Jesus. You know more about Jesus than Moses knew in the tabernacle. You can know God better than Abraham did when he left his country and looked for a city whose builder and maker was God. You can know him better than Noah, than Elijah, than Jeremiah, than Isaiah, than David. Why? Because when Jesus ascended, he sent the Holy Spirit to make you alive to him, make you a new creation, to transform your very nature. You have an anointing from God, inside information, divine power and divine promise. You have the very life of the Father, Jesus us the Son in the person of the Holy Spirit living in you. You have a divine advantage. I just wish you believed me. You see, there, why don't we live it? Why don't we live in that advantage? There's really probably two or three, only two or three reasons. Number one is we're ignorant of it. Number two is we don't believe it. Number three is we're rebel and we're selfish. I'll take ignorance over unbelief. Because the Holy Spirit can teach me. (laughs) But if I just don't believe it and don't depend on it and don't trust Him, why should I expect anything from Him? If you really know Jesus... You understand? You see, if you really know Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit. The question probably is not whether you have Him. The question is, does He have you? He can deal with your ignorance. That's what we hope to do. be doing today. Isn't it funny that Jesus warned? He said, you can sin against the Father. And you can sin against the Son. And it will be forgiven you. But if you choose not to believe, if you sin against the Holy, if you choose to disregard the Holy Spirit, that cannot be forgiven. Why? Because it's unbelief. Unbelief. The wisest words probably written in Scripture is the man who came to Jesus says, I believe, help me my unbelief. What I'm asking the Holy Spirit to do this morning is to drop the revelation of His presence and show you what's available to you this morning. A person who redeemed you, the Jesus, who sent His Holy Spirit to illumine you 
and to give you an advantage in this life. You can live the life God intends you to live because he's given you the person through whom you can live it. And he can live it through you. So let me leave you with one more verse. It's 1 Corinthians 6, 19. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you're not your own? Jesus paid a high price for you. He bought you. Can you imagine, can you, can you even imagine what vehicles cost now? I saw a, a Ford truck, $70,000. Now, if you buy it, they'll give you 13000 off. What, they meant, what that means is they should have priced it $13,000 cheaper. Now, here's what I want to say. Suppose you bought that truck and put it in your garage... I don't even know if I'd want to drive it at $70,000. I sure wouldn't want to drive it in a storm. But here's what I want to tell you. Here's what we tend to do. God has given us a priceless gift. He's purchased us and we keep loaning out the car. We keep giving it to another driver. We keep loaning it out let it be in somebody else's garage. Don't you know you are the temple, the vessel, the holy place of the very presence of God. He's paid well over what you think for you. You can't imagine the price. Why would you keep loaning it out when He intends you to drive it in all of its fullness? Why would you give the keys to somebody else when He's given you the authority, the privilege, and the opportunity. Don't you know you're the temple, the holy place? For you were bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Here's what I want to close with. Let's just invite the Holy Spirit to be who He is in us this morning. Let's invite Him to take charge. Lord, I don't even know how to drive. I don't know how to drive what you've purchased for me. I'm trusting you. Give me driver's ed. Lord, you've already given me the license. You've given me the liberty. Now given me the, give me the sense of your presence, of what you're saying, of what you want. Help me live this life. Fill me, baptize me, immerse me. Whatever you want to do, take charge of my life. Jesus was saying, guys, if you knew, if you knew what was in store for you, you would see it as your advantage. We have an advantage this morning. Would you receive him? Let's pray. Father, we honor you and we bless you. We thank you. God, we're trying to figure it all out with our heads. And you've planted it in our hearts. God, we're trying to make it something that we can...
do. And you chose to give it something we could be. Lord, I'm asking you to pour out your presence upon us at a fresh and anew. Lord, you gave, we're asking for regeneration. We're asking for revelation. We're asking for relationship. Show us how to walk in it, Father. Show us how to step in it. Show us how to be who you've called us to be. Holy Spirit, come, fill us, baptize us, immerse us in your love and grace and presence. Let your promises be yes and amen in our lives. Lord, don't let me dread tomorrow. Let me look forward to the opportunities of what the Spirit's going to do tomorrow. We give you praise and honor in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this week's message. For more information or to listen to past sermons, go to newcovenantlampassments.com.